0: This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thanks for being here today, everybody. This week on the podcast, we're talking about making money, what we can do to bring in more income to our lives. Earlier this week, I caught up with Jay from MillennialBoss.com. This 28-year-old working professional slash entrepreneur, sets huge goals for herself, and crushes them. Jay and her husband had about $100,000 in debt from student loans, credit cards, and new cars, and she was able to annihilate that debt in 18 short months. Wow. (laughs) How'd she do it? Growing her income, creating multiple sources of income, and having a blast While doing it, her next big goal is to become a millionaire by 30. Yes, I said 30. (laughs) You will not want to miss this chat, everybody. After our chat with Jay, we're gonna be highlighting another Money Master of the Week. But first up, let's learn how to create multiple income streams with Jay from Millennial Boss. How's it going, Jay? I am good. How are you? I am great. I'm great. So thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you cover on the exciting Millennial Boss blog?
1: Hi, I'm Jay. I live in the Pacific Northwest with my husband and my awesome lab mix. Um, I work in tech during the day, but at night and on weekends, I am a blogger at MillennialBoss.com and a podcaster. And my focus is financial independence and early retirement.
0: That is great. Very cool. So I understand you started this blog, Millennial Boss, as a way to track your original debt paydown. How did you uh, How did you accumulate that debt to begin with?
1: I graduated college with about thirty ish thousand dollars worth of debt, and then my husband and I met, and then I inherited his debt. So together we had maybe fifty k or so of student loan debt, and then we started moving up the ladder in our careers and we accumulated a new car and then we bought a house together and then we realized that we didn't have furniture to fill up this house. So we went (laughs) to uh, all the furniture stores and got those 0% interest credit cards because how awesome is that, that you can put like $10,000 on a card and get all this cool furniture. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, we did the whole lifestyle inflation thing. We got a dog and then that's how we ended up with about a hundred K of debt.
0: Wow, hundred K, cool. Well, it sounds like it uh, was, you know, double income, and you were um, just enjoying life and trying to accumulate all the things that we're supposed to accumulate, right? When we get those jobs mm-hmm. and 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 just living the life. So, um, so it was about a hundred thousand dollars, you said, and that broke down yes. between student loans and and you started to talk about zero uh, percent credit cards. Was how much of that was credit cards?
1: About ten K in credit cards. Okay, and then the car loan. So we had a little bit of a mix of stuff.
0: What kind of car did you get?
1: I got a Subaru Forester, which Sweet. was an amazing car, especially living in Colorado, perfect for the snow and, and I had a long commute. So it was great. I love that car.
0: Very cool. So so you guys had this hundred K of debt. What um what type of work were you and your was he was he your husband at the time? Were you guys engaged? So,
1: no, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend boyfriend at the girlfriend time. Boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. Okay, yes, cool, cool. Yes. So, but we still viewed our finances as together because we owned a home together.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what type of work were you guys doing at the time when you had all of that debt that you had accumulated?
1: I had just switched into tech, but not for a tech company, mm-hmm. uh, but in an IT department. And okay. I think. I finally got that bigger salary hit that comes from working in technology. Nice. So I, we definitely took advantage of that. And my husband, he works in strength and conditioning.
0: Very cool. Strength and conditioning. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So you had the 100 k You guys had uh, two you know, well-paying jobs. So h- how did you start to combat this debt and bring it down to uh, where you are today?
1: Well, we didn't actually think we were in that bad of, bad of a spot. So, even though one hundred k seems awful, I think for many people, it it actually it doesn't really hit you that it's that much. Sure. And I think I got mint or some sort of app that adds up all of your investments, and I realized that my net worth was just in the in the tank. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was bad. And also, part of it was a little unequal income. So my husband, his job, was more of a passion job. So his job actually it did not pay as well as mine. And a lot of the lifestyle inflation run was me just being excited about my newfound salary boost and buying us a lot of toys.
0: I love it. Isn't that funny? We talk about his job being a passion job and it's, it's funny that a lot of people, uh, work really hard at their other jobs in order to eventually get a passion job. (laughs) So it's funny because it, you know, it might not produce a lot of income, but at least he's probably really happy with what he does. Right.
1: Oh yeah. He's so happy and it's really cool. He works with elite athletes, like strength, um, Olympic athletes and FBI people and SWAT people. So he's always had one of those jobs that he's excited to go to work every day. For me, I am I chase money and success, and I, I do like working in tech, but it's not the same. He has a real true passion for it.
0: What, what strategies did you use to start combat that $100,000? Uh,
1: so the first thing I did, I made a, a burn down chart of how much I had to pay off if I wanted to pay it off in one year. And I was really inspired by the blog I found, nomoreharvarddebt.com. And it's a story of Joe who paid off almost the same amount of money in 10 months. And it kind of talked about all the different side hustles and things that he did, got roommates, all that stuff. So we implemented a similar strategy to try to pay down that debt. So we lived with roommates and being a married couple, it wasn't awesome, um, but most of the roommates that we had were super great and we actually rented to local students, um, graduate students. So they were only there for the semester or a little bit longer. And, uh, that was awesome because if you're stuck with a roommate that wasn't that great, they kind of moved out the next semester. (laughs) So, um, that, that was what we did. We also decided to sell a lot of stuff. So sold my car, which I was sad about, but, um, And a lot of people will say, don't sell a new car because I just bought that car 15 months ago and the depreciation, it already went down $7,000 worth in value. But at that point, it was just about cutting the bleed and getting that, you know, stopping myself from a car payment was way better to me than, uh, you know, feeling sad that I lost that money. It was gone. I just thought of it as a sunk cost.
0: Wow. So, where where did you go uh, for driving after that? What what did you guys buy something else? How did it work?
1: So we became a one car household, okay. but also at this time another strategy. So so basically, I hit this debt from all different uh, running in all different directions. So another thing I did, I was working. I had an awesome job. I was really happy with my job. A great manager. I I was finally managing my own team. So I was really moving up the career ladder, and. But I knew that I could do a little bit better if I moved to the mecca of where tech happens. So I moved to Silicon Valley. And in order to do that, I went to a women in tech conference and I networked like crazy and ended up getting a job offer for a big company, which gave me a boost to help pay off the debt. And also, I was, because I was starting over there, I could move somewhere closer to work. So I didn't need the car.
0: That is great. Excellent. Well, congrats on that uh, new gig. How long have you been working there?
1: So that was in 2016. 2016, okay, so we, cool. So we did that for a year, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great role, but Silicon Valley just wasn't for us. It was so expensive, yeah. and uh, we chose to move somewhere that's a little bit, it's not Colorado, but it's a little bit more like that, okay. and we're loving it so much more.
0: That's very cool, very cool. So you guys worked hard. You got some roommates. Uh, you sold a lot of your stuff. You sold the car, even though you loved it and you were able to pay down this debt when when did you pay it all off
1: so we finally we paid it off in 2016 pretty mm-hmm. soon after i started my new job yep. but then i found out that my parents had taken out parent plus loans for my education so the final 7000 we actually paid off in january i didn't i didn't know that my parents didn't necessarily pay cash for their contribution to my um my education until uh, I realized that earlier this year. And then I just went in directly, logged in online, asked my dad for the password and then paid off that seven K that they had in my name.
0: Tell everybody what a parent plus loan is.
1: So um, you have different financing options for college, but parents can tech can technically take out debt in order to support their child's education. And the debt belongs to the parent, but it's for their child's education. So my parents um, had to, even though I got financial aid and I was taking student loans and I had scholarships, my parents still um, had some need that they need to cover. So they took out a little bit of student loans to help me out. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize when their parents give them things that their parents may actually be in debt too. Mm-hmm. You think, oh, like my parents must be really stable because they're my parents. But actually, maybe not. I mean, most of our nation is in debt, so you got to guess that they might be too.
0: Well, that's very cool of you to go back and do that and uh, think about your parents. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the way that college cost is going right now, it is. Uh, my my daughter's five, and she, you know, she's got a little ways to go before she's going to be in school, but we're looking at a. In-state tuition of about $200,000 for her to go to uh, Michigan State University where my wife and I went. Mm-hmm. And we're just we're just thinking that that's just, we just can't do that. We've got to figure out other ways. We're starting the 529 and getting things going. But, man, there's just got to be a better way because it's insane. I, I, I just can't handle it. <laughs> I know.
1: I mean, my husband and I are thinking of having kids in the next few years. And I have to admit, even though I had this great education and my parents are very proud, I went to a good school. They're happy about all of that given everything that i've seen in in blogging in the personal finance space and being an entrepreneur i'm not sh- and working in tech i don't know if a traditional four-year university is is going to be the way of the future
0: i agree is it i mean if you if you didn't do it um do you think you'd still be as successful as where you are today
1: i think that my education taught me a lot about the world and myself and i met a lot of friends and i I became independent from that education. Mm-hmm. But when I think of where I've made the biggest strides in my life, they came after school. For example, I was a political science major. So I was taking women's and gender studies and and learning about international relations and politics and all that. And somehow now I'm working in technology sure. at uh, a huge technology company. So um, that whole piece of my education has just changed. And I actually got my master's online. That's another debt payoff piece that I did, but I got my master's reimbursed by my work. Um, and I had did a couple hacks to make that as cheaply as possible. And that's how I kind of parlayed into getting a job in tech and switching from a degree in the liberal arts to someone who's able to get hired by maybe a top tech company.
0: Very cool. Well, obviously, you know, I I like how you talked about it there. You get a, a well-rounded view of the world going to school and you get to, connect with people. And sometimes those connections help you to actually get the careers that you're looking for. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't do college for my daughter. I'm just kind of venting a little bit, I guess, based on the crazy costs that are associated with it. So
1: (laughs) I'm with you. I'm wondering, maybe I'll just give my kids $20,000 Twenty thousand dollars and say, "Hey, start a business, see what happens."
0: Exactly, exactly, and and it sounds like based on things that you've done recently, that that uh, might be a good investment for your kids in the future. Let's let's jump into a little bit about that. Actually, so you pay off all the debt, and you guys are you're saying you're pretty much done early portion of this year, even with uh, the parent plus loan. That's that's great news. How did that make you feel when you were done with that hundred k? It
1: definitely it definitely helped us. So. I did not necessarily realize this, but when you're in debt, you may feel trapped. So you have to have a job. You have to you have to work. You and it, it, you're very scared to try different things. And now when I go to work, I know that I don't owe anything next month. I do have a mortgage, but we have a renter now for that house that we we had bought. And that c- completely covers the mortgage. And I have a little bit saved in case something goes wrong with the house. But for the most part, I mean, we technically could do something crazy for six months or one of us could lose our jobs or, you know, someone got sick. We, we have options now that just weren't available to us before.
0: That's great. So it's a sense of freedom. That's awesome. Very cool. Hey, everyone. We're about to launch into the specific methods that our guest, Jay, used to create multiple sources of income to crush her debt. Spoiler alert, one of her more profitable methods is her blog, Millennial Boss. If you are considering starting your own blog And or maybe you're just curious about the process of doing it, I have a free step-by-step guide that you should check out today. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash start a blog. After you walk through the 10 easy steps in that guide, you will be, voila, a blogger in about 15 minutes. If you're interested in starting a blog today, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash start a blog or click on the how to start a blog icon on the right side of my website. Well, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, because your story is quite unique, you you didn't just sort of cut back on the lifestyle. Some of the things you talked about, the roommates, the selling a lot of stuff, the selling of your, or your precious car, those were obviously a lot of sacrifices you made, but you did some unique things as well that I was reading on your blog about um, diversifying your income, increasing your income, and just looking overall at multiple income streams. So, I wanted to talk about that because that's sort of a unique side of this that uh, a lot of people don't think about when they're doing that. So, can you review a couple of these areas uh, that you uh, used in order to increase your income during this time frame when you're destroying the debt?
1: Sure. so we we talked a little bit about how I got into tech and then I got my degree so that I could move up. and then I chose to move to, a high cost of living area that also had an extremely high salary. Mm-hmm. So that that income pushed push through my job and making sure that I'm always moving up as quickly as possible. I always negotiate my salary every single time. Uh, t- I've had an offer pulled from me before, actually, given that I pushed so hard. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a great learning experience. But, um, you know, that when i do that that ensures that i lock in that high salary for a year or you know two years or however long i stay in the position how much so was a lot of,
0: how much was too much jay <laughs>
1: um well typically you shouldn't ask for more than i think 15 or 20% of the total compensation package uh, okay
0: all right okay uh, cool but
1: i have a bunch of strategies that i share in the blog and i talk a little bit about that experience um but you know, I think a lot of people they, they don't negotiate their salary or they only negotiate a little bit and then a year later they're looking for a huge raise hmm. and that creates a weird friction because it's really hard to get a raise once you're in the role. So my my strategy has been to negotiate before I get in and then I get a level that I'm happy with and I could stay there for a year, two years if I wanted without feeling like I, I need to move on for money.
0: So why do why do you think people why do you think people don't ask for the salary increase?
1: I think they're afraid of what will happen and what happened to me did happen, but um, they're afraid. And when you put yourself in a position of power, like you've paid off your debt or um, you're more financially stable or you really like your job, because the thing, one of the biggest benefits I've had to negotiate in my salary is that I didn't have to leave my job. I had an awesome job, an awesome boss, an awesome team. So I think people can tell when you're, when you're interviewing, whether you're somebody that really wants it or they're or they're really wanting you and it's kind of that weird balance
0: interesting interesting so do you have any uh recommendations for people who are maybe listening right now and they're saying you know what i haven't gotten a raise in like three years and i've been killing it what what type of recommendations would you have for them to uh you know i guess get the courage in and ask for what they need
1: I wouldn't recommend asking for a crazy raise within your role. I think that's difficult because the job pays market rate and what's market rate one year uh, 12 months later is maybe not going to change that much depending on the role. So I think if you really want a high salary, you should search for a job that will pay that high salary. So for me, I, I was a liberal arts person in nonprofit and I knew that tech paid that high salary. So, uh, but earlier in my career, I would suddenly want to get a $10,000 raise just because. So I think that kind of knowing where you are in the in-demand job food chain is important. And then secondly, I'd encourage people to switch jobs if that's something they really want. So us paying off our debt was really important. And I moved into a very high stress, very demanding job. And that's why I did it for a year. And it was an incredible experience, but it wasn't something I do long term. My current job now is a great work-life balance and I have a true nine to five and when I come home from work, I don't have to be connected to work and I actually took a little bit of a pay cut for that. So my recommendation to someone would to figure out how important is money to you and if you have a great work-life balance right now and you're at a point of financial stability, it may not be worth it to rock the boat right now.
0: That's, that's great advice. So you, you said that you made the switch from liberal arts nonprofit over to tech, what, what education resources, what, um, I guess, path did you follow in order to make that switch? Was it that master's program online or how did you, how did you educate yourself in order to become, um, uh, available for that type of work?
1: This, so this was actually before the master's program. Okay. The master's program kind of helped me launch into Silicon Valley, but before this, I I had always depended on my resume and my experiences and my academics to get me ahead. And actually, it was entrepreneurship and building something from nothing that helped me get my job in tech. Hmm. So I built a website about student travel because student travel was something I was super passionate about. And it was around the time back in 2012 that everyone was starting blogs. But um, I wanted to start one about student travel. So I started my own website and I started getting super into it. And I got a team to write for me. I even emailed my previous college to get interns to work for me um, and tried to make it into a business. And from there, a student travel startup actually contacted me for an informational interview because they wanted to interview other people in this space. And after the interview, they brought me on as a team member. And I didn't get paid for any of this at the time. but. Eventually, my resume started picking up all of these experiences that I'd created on my own. And they weren't things that I had already joined or applied to. They were kind of creations. And that helped me kind of parlay my way into tech through a couple job changes that were loosely related.
0: Very cool. How how did you learn the skill of building websites? Is that just something you did a little self-taught online?
1: You can do all of that through Google. So uh, Google... I, YouTube is how I do it now, but, um, yeah, Google, everything through Google and just experimenting. That.
0: That's great. Very cool. Well, you also started to build, you said, you know, your student travel blog, but then you started to make your way into some other blog. We started to talk at the beginning of the show about the millennial boss and you used that as a, as a methodology for building income and paying down the debt. Can you talk a little bit about, how people earn income from blogs just to give people an understanding of how that works
1: sure so there are multiple ways you can earn income from blogging the two ways that i do one is display advertising so when people come to my website they may see ads in the sidebar or within the content and i get paid a small amount of money for the viewer the viewing of those ads the second way is affiliate marketing. So if I recommend a product or service to somebody and they sign up, then I get paid a small commission. Now, I'm in the personal finance space, so I don't have people buying crazy amount of things. My readers are in debt or there are people that are interested in saving more. But actually, there are a lot of free tools, free apps that I use. And if they sign up, I get 2 or $3 per sign up.
0: That's great. Very cool. Well, you must have a, a good amount of traffic uh, at your on your website in order to Make a income from two to three dollars per purchase. So, what 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 type of income have you been pulling in lately?
1: So this year, I've, I've pulled in anywhere from a thousand dollars to three thousand dollars a month, and right now it's hovering uh, like fifteen hundred a month. So it's it's pretty consistent. And as you mentioned, the biggest thing is just bringing in traffic and trying to grow your readership.
0: That's incredible. Fifteen hundred dollars on average a month, including what you're doing with your your career. So. Not only, I mean, this kind of mirrors a little bit of maybe your your husband's passion work. Are you really passionate about what you're doing with uh, Millennial Boss?
1: I think I have found something that I'm passionate about, although I don't think I'm as single-threaded as he is. Mm-hmm. So my, my goal is to be a little bit more like Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you've read any of his books. Oh, yeah. But I am very inspired by him, and I also launched an Etsy shop, and I've, I'm doing a podcast, so I kind of like having my hands in a bunch of different things. And you mentioned having different income sources. I, As much as my day job is a huge income source for me, I also have all these fun little side projects that make money that I'm doing as well.
0: That's great. Well, that's that's how we build wealth, right? hmm Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's talk about your your goals. You've got some pretty exciting goals that I was reading about. Uh, I understand you're looking to become a millionaire by the time you turn 30. What, what is, how old are you now, if you don't mind my asking?
1: I'm 28.
0: 28. So where are you on your plan to become this millionaire by 30? The clock is ticking. So I <laughs> set that
1: goal a few years ago, and I I still am hopeful, but it's it's not going to be a linear progression. So mm-hmm. I, I have increased my income in my day job and I do make above average income there, but I don't make enough that I can upward trajectory that much in in a year and a half that I have left until I'm 30. So entrepreneurship is a way that I could potentially make that much. And um, scaling through my blog and I'm also scaling through my podcast, it's very possible that I could get there.
0: Very cool. So how are you scaling um, through the podcast? Has how, that Has that brought a lot more traffic to your website?
1: The po- the podcast is different. So, um, I, and for those listening, I just launched a podcast with another blogger and my good friend Gwen from fiery millennials. And our podcast is called fire drill podcast. And it's, it's more of an intimate relationship with your listeners. I'm sure as you know, um, bloggers, you get traffic, you're not really sure are people just clicking? Are they true fans with podcasts? You know, they, maybe people listening, listen to every single one and they're kind of watching you go on your journey together. So, Right now, we we haven't really monetized the podcast that much. We It's almost like free consulting because we brought on all these really cool guests who we want to be someday and they've inspired <laughs> us. Uh, so I think what I'm getting right there is like I'm investing in a stock and I'll eventually get to use all these cool strategies I'm learning. That's so
0: cool that you said that I feel the exact same way. I've been doing this for about a year and it's just given me an opportunity to talk to incredibly exciting people like yourself that are doing some incredible things that I'm looking to glean information off of and, and improve mm-hmm. my family situation. So I, I love that you said that. That's very cool. So who have you had on your show that's been very exciting for you?
1: Let's see. So we've branched out a little bit from personal finance. Um, and we we like to feature, we try to feature more women mm-hmm. than are typically represented in personal finance, yep. especially in the early retirement community. Mm-hmm. So someone amazing that we've had on recently, we had Jillian from Montana Money Adventures. And her 30-second soundbite is that her and her husband have been on five mini-retirements. And I believe she might still be under 40, and uh, it's pretty incredible. And now she's full-on retired, and they live kind of a simple life in Montana. But um, she's adopted six kids, and wow. she has a really incredible, inspiring story. So she's my one of my favorite I've had on so far.
0: That's very cool. So you, after you've been influenced by these folks or heard their stories— has that modified your personal plan on where you want to be are are you excited about early retirement what what are your goals
1: so when I first learned about early retirement, I got extremely excited. Like, what? And I think um being the traditional millennial job hopper, I I wanted to be out of the cubicle and I, that part resonated with me, but I've I've really found a great job right now and yeah. it's very exciting and the company that I'm with aligns with how my mind works and all these different entrepreneurial ventures, so I feel that I'm in the right place. So I'm less looking to escape a nine to five job. Um, but I do want to get to the point where I have enough saved that I, if that ever changes in the future, I can, I can step away and try something new.
0: That's great. Um,
1: so that, that's kind of what, what I'm looking at right now.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. I, I like the idea of early retirement. I think it's, um, as long as you're retiring to something and not from something, you know, you're, you're, you're retiring to a passion, uh, Work or, or something that you're very passionate about, or a project that you want to work on, or uh, something that you want to improve on in your life. I feel like if we, you know, just retire and then don't really have anything that's exciting for us at that point, then it might be, it might be not as exciting as it sounds. I guess.
1: Right, right, and I think having some of the folks on the podcast who we've we've had a good balance. We've had people that have stuck it out in their nine to five jobs and after a decade, they are able to walk away and retire. And then we've also had people who didn't wait that long. So maybe two to three years in, they started their own business. Uh And they don't have they haven't amassed this amount of savings that they're necessarily comfortable and would consider themselves retired. But they're working for themselves. And they have more agency. So talking to some of them has definitely made me tempted to do that. But I think that for myself, I'm more comfortable when I'm in my day job and my day job gives me hours outside my nine to five that I can pursue my different in-, in interests, like my Etsy shop and the podcast and the blog.
0: Well, that's cool. It sounds like you've got a great career right now that gives you that flexibility. Very cool. So I wanted to um – just check in with you. You've had some great success in crushing this hundred thousand dollars in debt and building these great new income streams. I think a lot of people are listening right now and uh, want to learn how you learned. So a great way to do that is through books. Is there any books that were very influential to you as you were, you know, paying off this debt and building these new income streams?
1: I mentioned the four hour work week, but the idea of the four hour work week that really resonated with me is to, fail early and to test before you commit. So that has been huge. I'm always fiddling and testing and I don't stress out too much about making something perfect. I just put out the minimum viable product, see if it works. And if it doesn't, then I move on. Um, so four hour work week is definitely a big one. And I'm always reading different books here and there. Um, but that that's one that I would recommend to people.
0: Very cool. Very cool. I'll definitely put that in the show notes as well as a link to your awesome podcast and your blog. Um, we are we're wrapping up right now, but I just want to leave everybody with some action. We like to put action in the show so people know, you know, how to, how to really improve their lives. And, uh, they're probably very inspired by this story that we're hearing today. So what's one thing that you would, uh, leave the listeners with to start increasing some of their income and make some moves like you have. I love this multiple income stream. Your thi- thing you've got going on here. And I wanted to inspire people to do the same thing. What's one thing that they can do to kickstart that today?
1: I would have them look deep within and talk to their partners and say, are we really going to do this? And if so, go 110%. So for us to sell our or to downsize, essentially sell all our stuff. And we went from feeling really successful and having this nice house where we could host family and friends over for Thanksgiving. And we were very proud of it to a one bedroom, tiny, tiny apartment in Silicon Valley, being squished together, uh, selling a car, not having a car, selling all our stuff. It, it just felt, and I had a very hard job, it sure. felt really difficult. So I would have somebody look and say, are we ready to do this? And if you are, then dive right into it. Because now i have able to restabilize my life a little bit. We have a little more space. We're more in a better spot. But it was so worth it. And now I'm accumulating wealth instead of being in the hole.
0: Excellent. Very cool. So how long have you and your husband been married now?
1: We got married last year, so our one-year anniversary is coming up.
0: Oh, congratulations. That's great thank news. Thank you. That's awesome. What an w- awesome way to start your marriage. You guys are uh, really going to have an incredible family, and I'm so excited to hear that you guys are thinking about having kids in the next couple of years. Oh, thank you. These kids are going to be born into an incredible family. So congratulations on all your success, Jay. If people are interested in connecting with you, where should they go?
1: Millennialboss.com. I'm on Twitter at Millennial Boss and check out the podcast at Fire Drill Podcast.
0: Excellent. Well, I will put all those links in the show notes, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jay. Thanks, Andy. An income generating machine. That is so cool. Congrats on your success, Jay. Quite often I'm I'm reading success stories like Jay's and... In the comment section or through social media, Facebook, Twitter whatever, you'll read comments like I'm sure I could pay off all that debt too if I made all that money or something like uh, it's pretty easy to pay off all that debt when you're making six figures. <laughs> Do you like my impressions? Those are pretty good. So th- those comments are true but I fe- I feel like they fail to realize the whole point. Yes. It is easier to pay off debt when you're making a lot more money. So figure out a way to make more money. (laughs) Figure out a way to make more money. Jay wasn't just granted a six-figure salary. She busted her butt to get one. She was a liberal arts major, and she quickly found out that that wasn't going to be her way to make a ton of dough, to crush this debt. So she pivoted and taught herself how to become a player in the tech world. That's figuring it out. And did she stop there? No. No way. She said to herself, "Well, how can I make more money?" So she rented out her rooms, some rented out rooms in her house. She negotiated her salary. She took a higher-paying job in Silicon Valley for a little while. She started an Etsy business. She started a blog that's generating 15 hundred bucks a month. That's the way to do it. Instead of saying, man, I wish I had more money. Jay said, I'm going to make more money and I'm going to crush my debt while doing it. And now she's on the path to becoming a millionaire. That's how you do it. That's how you change your future and your family's future. Can you imagine where her family, where her young family is going to be in 10 years? Unbelievably inspiring. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. This story came in from Revanche, who blogs at ageishonlife.com a few weeks ago. She was able to negotiate a pay increase at work that allowed her to join the six-figure club per year, my friends. What a win. Revanche and Jay are killing it at work and getting the salaries they deserve. Revanche shared with me her secret to success when I asked her how she stated her case with the boss. She said, this was the easiest because I negotiated hard for every raise up until now. Those I made the cases for. This one, I said, it's time for a raise. (laughs) And besides that, I've been a star performer for over a decade. It's hard to argue with the person who makes your life immeasurably easier. Hashtag, I rock. (laughs) Yes, you do rock, Revanche. Outside of rocking it as a working professional, Revanche is a mother, a wife, and a money blogger living in the Bay Area. Be sure to follow her success over at a Congratulations on your recent win and for being our money master of the week. If you missed some of the resources and links mentioned in today's show, I've got you covered. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session57 to check them out in the show notes. Every couple of weeks, I'm sending out money, smart tips, and resources through my MKM community emails. If you are interested in being a part of that community, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash join. It's a great way for us to stay in touch and for you to save money, make more money, and plan for your family's future. Join us. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Napoleon Hill. Both poverty and And riches are the offspring of thought. You're in control of your future, my friends. Carpe diem!